Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the airwaves of the Voice of the Cape. 91.3 FM Stereo with the Education in Daba program with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis. And yes, alhamdulillah, it is Sunday the 15th of November 2015, corresponding with the 2nd of Safar 1437. A very shukran to our producer, and that is Zarina Jacobs, and then our technician for this evening, uh, Haji Ismail Falanda. Very big shukran. Uh, on education, and about this evening, before I do that, let me greet my co-presenter, and that is Yasira Adonis. Oh, Yasira Adonis. Yasira, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, Ridwan. Uh, Yasira, normal question to you and to our listeners. How has your week been? Alhamdulillah, Ridwan. Um, quite a fruitful week for me, alhamdulillah. I did some uh, follow-up on my learners who were doing some job shadowing um, at various places in the community. And the positive feedback, you know, made me feel that the hard work for the year has actually paid off, Ridwan. So, alhamdulillah, a very good week for me. Okay, alhamdulillah. Well, uh, certainly hope that the coming ones will be less stressful. And as we go towards the end of the academic year, inshallah, and again, just a reminder to our matriculants, you know, just to, uh, this is the last or the final hurdle of your schooling career, not your academic career. Uh, so do make the best of it, inshallah. Now, on education number this evening at around 20 past, we are going to have in studio with us Dr. Yusuf Lalkin, educational psychologist. So if you have any questions for the doctor, uh, educational psychologist, that is, and or Yasira Adon, Occupational therapist, uh, you can send us those via the SMS line 47913. The SMS line 47913. Then I believe we're going to be chatting Greenland's school food garden, Greenland's uh, primary school uh, food garden. Um, so we'll uh, hear what that is all about And then inshallah that will take us up through to the Waqt of Maghrib And immediately after the Waqt of Maghrib An interesting article Yasir and I will be discussing And we're really hoping that our parents or particularly our educators uh, Or even our learners would participate It's an article in the Cape Times that says Pupils beaten with broomsticks and belts So it's the whole issue around the assault of learners Or corporal punishment of our learners and they speak of the South African Human Rights Commission. They speak of SACE, the South African Council for Educators. So uh, if you do uh, want to comment on that or participate in the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape, you can do so by sending us your SMS to the number 47913, the SMS line 47913. Now, I said another article quickly that we're going to be chatting, chatting about now is uh, time running out to enroll kids at school. Now, this is an article by, well, not by, but it's, um, uh, that speaks to Debbie Schaefer, the MEC for Education. Now, I mean, I thought the time had been closed now to enroll kids. Correct, Ridwan. I think earlier this year, mm-hmm. around, you know, the end of January, beginning of February, she did send out a press release saying that the time has now shifted from September to June and July. And this, this period would be, you know, the initial period to enroll children. If children are not enrolled, well, then, you know, you end up at the district office. Now, what I can gather from the article, Ridwan, is that parents have not you know, he did her warning saying, look, if schools are full and you haven't registered your child, basically what she's saying is that at least your application was there, you, but there wasn't space. But if you haven't registered your child at any institution at all, then obviously um, the fault lies with you. She had sent out the press release, etc. and so on. <coughs> 
But now what what has taken place um, during the course of the year, Didwan, is that parents did not, and we're not just speaking about grade R or grade 1, we're speaking across the board, and what we found out is that children going to high school, we sit with the exact same situation where parents has not made application to any high school or any institution in the area. Mm-hmm. So that certainly then becomes a challenge, Asira. And then we also find sometimes, you know, uh, that people move from either city or even uh, inter-provincial and um, I think that also creates a bit of a challenge because I know that within the Western Cape and I know we spoke about something in the region of about 20 to 26,000 learners coming into the Western Cape on an annual basis Mm Uh, I think that also creates a bit of a challenge. It does, Ridwan. And I think basically what they were trying to do by moving the date forward was saying look if we get the learners registered or, or applications are processed within the Western Cape, those who come who influx into the Western Cape, either from the Eastern Cape or any other provinces, you know, at least the learners in the Western Cape are settled. But now we're looking at learners from the Western Cape and learners, you know, from other provinces coming in, still not being registered and still not being placed. So 2016 January is not going to be a good time for any district um, within our province, Ridwan, because the influx of parents that you'll have with children, I think will have grown into Mount Bleed One over the course of this year. Mm-hmm. So what suggestion do we then have for our parents if you have as yet not registered your child uh, at an institution, either for you have become from another province or you've actually even moved, let's say you've moved from Athlone to Grossi Park. Correct, yeah. The best way forward, Ridwan, for me, I mean, it would be futile going to the school because the school would say, look, applications has closed, you cannot register your child. So the best way forward would be go to the nearest district office. Um, you know, I, we have, I think, seven districts, Ridwan? Mm-hmm. Seven district offices. So no matter where you find you, the district office, um, will be more likely to assist Ridwan and I think they have the um, district database looking at how many children have entered a school in the area and then what spaces are left and then obviously direct parents to the most appropriate institution where they are most likely to find application and placement for the children. Okay, shukran for that. Yashira, uh, then another uh, article in the Cape Times uh, top Cape teacher honoured it says the province's best primary school teacher equates her teaching methods with a greenhouse cultivator and nurturing of plants. Chanel Hector, a grade 7 educator at Belmore Primary School in Hanover Park, was named winner of the Excellence in Primary School Teaching category of the Western Cape Education Department's National Teaching Awards. Now, I said this is the NTA, and I know you attended the provincial one. Is this the same one that they're referring to? Yes, Ridwan. Okay, so um, there we have it. I mean, you know, it shows even in, in Hanover Park, not that we're saying Hanover Park particularly, but I mean in, in any particular area, you know, if you, uh, you know, nominate these educators, um, I mean, they, they should receive the honors that is almost kind of, not almost kind of, but it's really due to them at the end of the day. Well, it's all educators are. Yeah. And I think that's what the MEC was saying, Ridwan. The MEC was saying, you know, that very same thing. Educators shouldn't feel, you know, that they're in a lesser position because they weren't nominated or you don't have that, you know, constant appraisal saying, thanks, job well done. Just by looking at your pupils, Ridwan, and what they accomplish at the end of the day, I mean, suffices and says more than any kind of piece of paper could possibly say regarding how good you are or excellent as an educator. And I think that was the consensus across the board, Ridwan, that, 
you know, educators play a vital role in every single child's life. And, you know, just by being there, even if they can't access the curriculum fully due to various, you know, learning barriers or social ills, the fact that the teacher is there and tying every single day definitely makes a difference in the bottom bottom lining of education. No, shukran for that, Yashira. And I think the article also says, you know, that even one educator, remarkably how one person can make a difference to a school. So even one educator can make a difference. Now, one of the, uh, for example, grade seven uh, pupils, Labika Baker, described her as the greatest teacher at the school. She's a teacher who helps us with everything. She buys shoes for the children who do not have shoes and food to those who do not have anything to eat. So it seems as if this particular educator, and maybe we should have a chat with him to see, you know, can we maybe not get uh, Chanel Hector in studio? Just to hear, you know, what contribution she feels that she has made towards education. But as I know, you attended the, the NTA Awards. Yes, correct, Ridwan. I think, you know, at that time, you don't have a lot of time to chat and con- congratulate, you know, the educators on the winnings um, as the progression just goes on throughout the night. But it was amazing to see, you know, the support from those who were also nominated and didn't get the award, you know, saying a job well done. And it was so nice just sitting amongst educators and seeing them proud of other educators mm-hmm. who received the award. So the collegiality that took place, Ridwan, um, I, I can't describe it. I think you have to be there to see that. But in effect, you know, I'm saying that everybody was proud, you know, of the nominees and those who received awards, Ridwan. No, okay, awesome. Shukran for that, Yashira. And then my attention to the SMS line. And again, a reminder to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47913. There's an SMS from 5998. We had a successful orientation day for our grade R's and grade 1 learners and parents. Parents came out in their numbers. I think we're getting it right with parent parental involvement. Keep on supporting the school as to all our parents, and that comes from Rushana Fisher, uh, educator or HOD at Silverstream Primary School in Mannenberg. Mm. So you see, whilst some, some people are looking for place and trying to find placement for the kids, uh, some of our schools are actually having orientation days. On okay. that note, we're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. And uh, if you have joined us, presenters this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis, and our technician is Haji Ismail Falanda. Now, we are chatting about what's making news in the world of education, and we've touched on about two articles thus far the one being time running out to enroll kids at school. We've looked at the issue around the NTA, the National Teaching Awards, top uh, Cape teacher honored, and that's an educator, Chanel Hector, who's a grade 7 teacher at Belmore Primary School, who received uh, this particular honor of being uh, uh, in the category Excellence in Primary School Education. <clears throat> now, just a reminder to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47. 47- 913, the SMS line 47913. Now, uh, Yasira, the other thing that's uh, also in the Cape Times, for example, is the issue around studying previous matric exam papers pays off. 
Now, I mean, you know, we just earlier spoke about, you know, our matriculants and we wanting to certainly once again wish them everything of the best. Um, this whole issue around past examination papers. <coughs> math did one. Um, I have something caught in my throat. Give me math. You oh, know, it's, it's always nice to go back. And I think we even did that at university, did one, you know, reflecting and seeing how are questions structured? What is the content of the questions? And then obviously you can pick up things um, regarding what area within a learning area was focused on the most. And I think by doing this, did one, you kind of look at how you one would answer the question paper, how much time it takes if you don't understand something. So strategically working through them gives you a frame of reference to draw from so that when you do sit with your exam paper, um, especially matriculated one at the end of the year, you know, you have some kind of frame of reference to pull on. And this obviously assists learners in how to answer questions and then obviously time, read one, how does time allow for you to go back, um, check if you have covered everything, if there isn't any mistakes, etc. So it's always a good thing to try and get a hold of that, um, you know, previous exam papers and then go through them and then obviously prepare yourself for the final exam. Okay, shukran for that, Yasira. So I don't know if there's any, maybe any of our matriculants that would like to comment on that particular issue. Uh, obviously, you have written some of the examination question papers already, because if one looks at the paper, the, the newspaper article, some of our learners are in fact saying, you know, that it was good to actually go through the past uh, exam papers, uh, as the questions sometimes are similar in terms of the, as you pointed out, you know, the content, the yeah. content of it, and one can see how the formulas are utilized, you know. So, so that really does give you a, some heads up in terms of, tri- of, of achieving, uh, you know, what your best. And then another article that I just tried to find out, Yasira, and this one is, is very close to you, uh, if memory serves me correct. Unrest takes its <coughs> toll on townships' pupils. Kids traumatized, high absenteeism reported. Ongoing unrest in Masipumilere is taking its toll on pupils who have been traumatized by the events, while some schools are reporting high absenteeism. What is this matter about, Yasira? Shukran, Ridwan. I think it all started with the um, ruthless killing of a young boy, Ridwan, a couple of months ago. Um, and what caused the unrest initially was that, you know, when they were caught, uh, the following week they were back in the community and the community was, you know, saying we are going to take a stand and we're going to show how is it possible to kill a young person, a little boy, and then still be back out um, on the streets a week later. So what is the police doing? What is happening to our justice system? And from that, Ridwan, they have formed their own kind of community justice. However, it has gone in a manner which is not favorable in any sense, measure or form for both the community as well as the learners did one. Mm-hmm. So they started to, you know, I think they burnt out a, a few people um, involved in the incident as well as, you know, anybody who kind of gets in the way, they've thrown a container in the middle of the road, um, making access into Masipumalele or out um, non-existent, the police, the Riot police, um, disaster management, law enforcement, um, SAPs, they were all there um, trying to assist. But this really then somehow affects the, apart from, you know, uh, not allowing people entry into the area or coming past that direction, uh, what we're chatting about really is also the issue that it has an impact on the schooling environment when one would have thought maybe, you know, it might not have had that. But I mean, in terms of the newspaper article, it said that as low as 40% of the kids are actually attending school in the area. Correct, Ridwan. And even us as educators, we weren't able 
able to access our school um, because it's en route. Masipum mm. Lele is before you would get to my school. So what had taken place is that we'd either report to the circuit, to Otri, or to your district, Ridwan, and, and basically sit there and watch time go by until 11 o'clock. And none of the educators, obviously, who are not from Masipumlele or Okanya, which is the primary school in Masipumlele High, was at school. Learners wasn't coming to school. Um, a pupil of mine um, had two rubber bullet marks. You know, he'd been shot. By the police Because of the disturbance They've burnt out um, boats in the area Cars They've destroyed the kind of vendors That's on the side You know So a lot of damage was done to the community and the children feel that if the parents don't partake, they would then fall victim to that same kind of necklacing that has taken place um, in Masipumlele. My children from Masipumlele were also absent for, I think, about two weeks, read one, when this was rife, um, as we couldn't get in and they couldn't get out and neither could my Hardbay kids come in. So we have a high absenteeism rate um, to the point where I only had 20 learners in my school, read one. That means 80 of them were not present um let's say thrice a week because there was no access to any any part of of both ocean view and masipumlele mm-hmm. well i mean it sounds then like the situation is really <laughs> dire and we hope that the situation will in fact be resolved soon because i know last week we spoke about the issue uh, that the matric exams had already started and that some of the matriculants or particularly from the masipumlele area that they had been housed somewhere else uh, with an undisclosed uh, location yeah. where they are actually writing their matric exams so as it goes around unhindered yes, Yes, no, that is correct, Rino, and I don't think I'll disclose where they are being housed, but they are being housed, and, you know, from from the time that it happened, I think they were withdrawn before the matric exams actually started, Rino, and I must say the communities who are, you know, part of this, assisting that 256 matric learners, Rino, has been spectacular in the sense that they've opened their homes, they said as long as the exam takes, you know, we will be, uh, you can stay in comfort, support you, etc., and so on. What you do find is that some pupils feel that they've kind of abandoned their families, Ridwan, because they are somewhere else and the families are still dealing with the rife violence that is taking place in Masipumlele. So that's on the other side of the coin, Ridwan, and that's unfortunate. Um, but I think that the department has really come, you know, and trying to support it. We have our educational psychologists on board, our social workers on board, our circuit is quite aware of what is taking place as well as district. So at any point, if you try and call and you say you need any kind of assistance that one day or or they try their utmost if they can actually <laughs> actually access the community Ridwan, to come in and try and assist. We have called in open door for some of our learners who have been traumatized by the situation. So um, the NGOs in the community has also come on board Ridwan, to try and assist with those learners who feel that they cannot move on from what they've seen because they've seen people being burnt out in front of them. And I don't think that's um, visually what you would like to see again. Yeah, well, yes, so I mean, I'm not too sure, like I said, you know, earlier on, I do hope that the situation uh, gets resolved very, very quickly, inshallah. Uh, so everything of the best to you and all those educators who are that side uh, in, affected by the issues around Masipumilele. Now, just a reminder to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47. 47- 
47913. The SMS line 47913. We're still waiting on confirmation of Dr. Yusuf Lalkan. I'm not too sure. We're just trying to, to, to get our technician. I believe Dr. is on his way, inshallah. So uh, whilst we're waiting for Dr. Yasir and I, uh, we'll try and keep you a bit busy and uh, we'll mm-hmm. be glad uh, that you are. Either whether you're driving from wherever you are or whether you are at home relaxing. I'm not too sure. I don't think the educators are, 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 are marking yet, Yasir. I'm just, they're probably just getting their, their schedules in order now. Uh, and some of our <coughs> kids are, in fact, uh, high school kids are, in fact, writing. Yes, you are correct, Rinwan. I think I'm not sure if I'm just weird, if I'm not looking at the situation properly. But it seems quite calm, Rinwan. I haven't seen the hustle and bustle yet. Um, neither at my school either. But we are in preparation, you know, um, for our schedules and then looking for forward to the exams, Ridwan, and those assessment tasks that must come in. But I can almost guarantee you, Ridwan, this week out, you'll see the hustle and bustle and everybody's trying to get everything together, um, as well as, you know, contemplating what is going to happen to the Anna's. Is it still on the table? Is it not? It's two weeks from December. You know, so, so educators have a lot going, Ridwan, but they're quite calm for this week and, and the previous week. Yeah, no, alhamdulillah, I'm glad for that. Yes, and then I know there's been uh, certain issues around anomalies with the IQMS monies that people were still asking us about. About. Get it, get it. And I think what one of the issues that have not yet been finalized is the issue around the housing. Mm-hmm. You are correct, Ridwan. Um, you know, feedback from, from National was that the DBE is no year, no there, Ridwan, around the housing. Um, it hasn't even been touched as yet. And so it's, it's almost like a godsend. The ICM is anomalies, and, and so now that's the focus on the table where, um, you know, educators are saying and members are saying, you know, when is the housing going to be resolved? The medical aid has been paid out yet there is still no movement since we have um you know got our monies our back pay no no housing nothing i can absolutely say absolutely nothing Ridwan, about housing no okay, movement so it's like a, it's a zip code it's absolutely nothing yeah okay it's a zip code well we spoke earlier yashira you know about the top teacher uh, at, uh, I think it was Belmore Primary in Hanover Park, who received uh, the Primary School Teaching Award for Excellence in Primary School Teaching. And now there's an SMS here from 6945, and it says, Assalamu alaikum, Ridwan. I think most educators work exceptionally hard. It would be good for the education department to recognize this. We need to learn how to steal the, their hearts. Their entire lives revolve around education as the system demanded it. When we wipe our eyes, they will be at retirement age. And that's so very, very true. There are so many, many educators, Yasira, you know, who really give their entire lives towards education. In fact, I was speaking to Buta Yusuf Fisher uh, last week, Sunday, and Buta Yusuf was chatting to me, you know, about, uh, I don't know if Buta Ismail can maybe just assist uh, two brothers who still, uh, the one was the principal of Trafalgar High School, and they still actually actively teaching or rather tutoring some of the uh, the the Emirate brothers, yes, oh, okay. um, and um, you know, so you you do have those educators who have education at heart, heart yeah. and I think what the listener is saying is, you know, that not these selected few, but everybody, all educators, in fact, you know, should be really honoured for what they do in education. Yes, Ira? <laughs> Ridwan, I don't know how to agree more than, you know, 100% agree with the listener. Um, on Saturday, we had strategic planning and I was speaking to um, our chairperson, one of our chairpersons for the branches, um, 
And he was telling me, you know, yeah, Sira, um, 2016 is going to be a very different year. There's going to be new people um, regarding the district redesign, etc. and so on. Yet I still love being in education. I like the challenge. I like to see what education will unfold. And so you have these people, you know, regardless of all the upheaval and then the calmness and then upheaval again, etc. and so on. And all the different curriculums and redesigns that their hearts are in education, Ridwan. And, you know, they will go out being educationist if I can call it that mm-hmm. or really good teachers um, until the very last day everyone. No, okay, shukran for that yes, and once again a very big shukran to our listeners obviously for their participation and comment here to the program called Education in Daba here on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. Now we've got a doctor in studio with us, uh, Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. Uh, Dr. Asalaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Asalaam, Ridwan, and to you too, Yasira. Yeah, Dr. Shukran for making the time to, to join us in studio. Alhamdulillah, we're really glad to have you. Um, maybe just, uh, Doctor, kind of a recap around what we spoke of last week, or maybe should, not last week, the week before. Yeah, my memory fades, Yasira, unfortunately, it comes with age. Mm. Well, it has been two weeks indeed, Ridwan. I think the last time we chatted to our matriculants, we were telling them uh, about how they can manage the stress levels, which I think is pretty high then and probably even now. But I think what was critical about what we said on that day is that at this stage, all matriculants should have a game plan. Mm -hmm. And they should stick to that game plan. And whatever we say in terms of, you know, um, change your diet, do more exercise, manage your stress in this or that way, I think it's meant to supplement and complement what they're already doing. So the point is not for anybody at any stage at this time of the the year to be looking at changing what is working for them. And my assessment is that we basically have 10 days left of the metric exams. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of time. Very quickly. So, uh, yeah, I think tomorrow they're doing physics yeah. and then we complete the metric exams on the 27th, 7th. which is two weeks from now. So literally just 10 days left and then they out into the great big world. Sure. Allah. Well, certainly want to wish them once again everything of the best. And uh, I don't know really, but I mean, a personal comment would be, if you look at the, our matriculants from years back versus the matriculants that we have today, it would be interesting to see, you know, you know what the difference actually is in terms of the academic standard. Mm. Uh, because, I mean, if I looked at the uh, matric examination papers when my son was in matric last year, you know, I found that I couldn't actually make out almost kind of half of what was on the question paper. <laughs> and I matriculated, not, I was going to say cum laude. <laughs> anyway, just a reminder once again to our listeners that you can participate in the program by sending us your SMS to the number 47913. And we have in studio with us uh, educational psychologist, Dr. Yusuf Lalkin. You can contact the doctor on 021 Doctor, this evening, uh, what shall we have a quick chat about? Well, really one, I think in addition to just reminding our matriculants to stick to their game plan and to keep their heads down and to focus on what they're doing, I think it's an important time of the year probably to start talking about what happens after matric. Mm -hmm. Um, Some may feel it's a bit premature, but remember last week we said one of the things that keeps us focused and keeps us motivated is to be clear about why we're doing what we're doing. (coughs) Do we have some objective in mind? Do we have some direction? And so maybe it is timely to talk about... um, what happens after matric, mm. I think, as a topic for tonight, and maybe cover as broad a range of issues as possible. Yeah. And it's not just about 
what you're going to study. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's almost who are you going to be mm-hmm. when you finish matric. Okay, hold that thought, Doctor. We're going to go for a quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called The Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. program called Education in Daba here on uh, The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo um, and if you have just joined us we are joined in studio by Dr. Yusuf Lalkin who is an educational psychologist. If you have any questions for the doc uh, you can send us those via the SMS line to the number 47913 the SMS line 47913 now there is an SMS here from 6945 and it says we understand the protesting but the turn it took with magnitude of violence is completely unacceptable. Is it how we define academics and maturity? How is this violence going to solve the problem? Our education system needs a metamorphosis. I think this Yasira relates to the um, the varsities or the higher educational Correct. institutions. Yeah. And in fact, there was a, an article in the Cape Times around students go boss at, at UWC. UWC. Yeah. And um, well, uh, that's the comment from the, of the listener. Correct, Rina. And I think it's unfortunate in every single sense. You know, if we started out with something that we needed to put forth and say that, you know, this is a concern for us as students, you know, and I, and I kept punting. Um, there's a right way to do it and then educate mouth and then you know the students went out and they started to burn ties and def- defame and deface the very institution that they want to go to for higher education and I think this has spiraled out of control everyone we, we're looking at so there is no increase for 2016 yet the, the protest continues continues and it was so funny you know I, we had my little sister in um, a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying, you know, it's for our rights, etc., and so on. And then she comes home after this very incident took place, Ridwan, and she says, you know what, Titi, I was totally shocked at what I saw. This is not why we started protesting in the first place. I cannot be part of criminal activity. And and I'm quoting over Baitam Rinwan. So, you know, I, I think it's going to negate what they started off with um, and their proposals at the beginning. I don't know, Doc, from mm. Doc's side, it has just gone from, you know, unfairness across monetary um, value that mm. they are attributing to higher education to violence, Rydwan. No, shukran mm. for your particular comment, Yasira, and uh, Jehan is unfortunately not here with us to share whether in fact what you are saying is correct or not, but oh I'll love. take your word for it. That's on a light note. <laughs> Don't be so serious. <laughs> anyway, but we are chatting to Dr. Yusuf Lalkin, yeah. educational psychologist, around, and I think doctor was saying what happens after matric. And doctor, I think we're speaking about UWC, higher educational institutions. I think that should be, you know, at the forefront of your mind at this stage. Uh, if you are a matriculant or even grade yeah. 11, at this stage but yeah. before we get to that discussion doctor there's an SMS here from 3851 and it says hi what is the protocol to get a child into Vista Nova and I'm not too sure whether either doctor or Yasira would be able to assist well I think both Yasira and I have had much experience around that um, look there are a number of special schools located in the Western Cape 
Uh, but they are fewer than what the demand is for Correct. access to the service. Yeah. So any process for admission to a special school must entail, first of all, an assessment of need. Mm-hmm. And that in itself can be quite a long-drawn process because we can't rush to an assumption that every single child with every single barrier needs to be, be at the special yeah. school. So it's really a question about determining the degree of need as well. Mm. And so generally it's accepted that learners that will be admitted and will possibly be accepted at a special school must be deemed to have a high need. Correct. Which is distinguished from a moderate need and a low need. Mm. So that assessment needs to be done by a multidisciplinary team so that we cover all areas of that child's development. And once that team has concluded reasonably that this child would benefit from admission to a special school and does require all of those services that are available at Mm. that particular school, Mm then an admission process can get off the ground. Mm. But that's just the start of it. Correct. (laughs) Because once you make the admission, again, there's no guarantee of admission because places are limited at that particular school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So depending, again, on which grade you're applying for and which area you're coming from, Mm. those will all come together to determine whether you would be successful with your admission. But really to start Mm. is the assessment of need. Correct. I think now what has taken place, we used to have our district lists, waiting lists around schools for our um, districts of South would have for Ocean View, Blowfly, Glenbridge, Agape, Beaconville and Lentegeer, um, Alcin. But now we have provincial waiting lists. So unfortunately, it's not when we do sifting, basically the director at SES is telling us you have seven spaces, this is your seven children. So provincially they work from a list. So this could be either to your benefit or you could be waiting longer for placement at any special schools in the Western Cape. Okay, shukran for that, Yasiran and, and Dr. Lalkan. I do hope that uh, assists the listener with that particular inquiry. Again, we have in studio with us Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. If you have any questions or comments, you can send us those via the SMS line to the number 47913. Now, Doctor, you know, sometimes, you know, we say, maybe it sounds so easy to say, let's look at what happens after matric. And if I have to think back, uh, like an only speak for myself obviously you know i didn't have any inkling of what i wanted to do the f- the, the very next year mm, absolutely and yeah. uh, you know some of our kids are in fact very intuitive they can they structure themselves and know look they've made an application to a higher education institution this is what they're going to be studying next year and then i think and you know, i don't want to sound i don't know what but the majority of us are just like okay let's see what happens mm-hmm. next year mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely really one you know i think even when i was at school i remember every end of an exam we had to assess our progress and Mm -hmm. put it on a graph Mm -hmm. june was blue uh, september was red and the end of the year was black Mm -hmm. so that we could determine whether we made progress but at every opportunity the teachers ask us now list at the bottom of the june exams and this started right in grade eight what it is the three things you'd like to do when you finish school Mm -hmm. and so Three times a year, we would not only plot our results, but we would think about what it is that Mm. we'd like to do. The funny thing is most of us never did (laughs) the things that we had listed. Mm. And that just shows that, you know, the... The when you're out of school, life becomes very unpredictable and open-ended and yes. unstructured. Yes. And when you've become so used to being told My what to do, yes. you know, your days were planned by the school and by your parents. Your weeks were planned and your years were planned. And suddenly you get to matric 
and you finish that last exam and suddenly you have this overwhelming sense that I don't know what I am all about and I don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So there's an urgent need, obviously, to go back into our schools and talk about life orientation and guidance again mm-hmm. so that we can plan for those children when they leave school. Because, you know, part of the, the dilemma at UWC and other universities, these are matriculants. Yeah, <laughs> We forget that. They are matriculants from a wide range of schools who suddenly find themselves uh, free. I was going to say free at last. Free at last. Because you've come from a very structured, as you correctly said, you know, Doctor, I mean, your high school career is a very structured thing. The teachers monitors every movement that a- you absolutely. make. And when you get to university level, there's no teacher stands behind you or ask you for your your homework or anything like that. But more than that, the one is that when you're at school for the 12 years, People tell you what to do, mm-hmm. and you have to agree with them, whether it's your parents or whether it's the teacher. teacher. Mm-hmm. When you leave school, people can tell you, but they can't compel you. And what's happening at universities is that kind of sense of freedom that they have that it doesn't matter what you tell us to do. Mm-hmm. You can't force us to do anything. And so students really need to either be taught the skill of negotiation while they're at high school, because they're certainly going to need that when they enter the wide world, or management have to realize that they're dealing with a, a group of young people who have this huge sense of, I know, and nobody's going to tell, tell me, me, and nobody's going to compel me. Okay. And no. once, you, once you have taught kids that, then they will be able to negotiate. If you haven't taught that, then you have the kind of crisis. We have okay, Doctor, on that compelling note, we're going to go for a quick <laughs> ad break, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program called The Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to the program called Education in Daba here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Studio with your host this evening, Ridwan Ahmed and Yasira Adonis. And if you have just joined us, we are joined in studio by Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist. And we were earlier, spo- well, earlier on we spoke about matriculants uh, and now doctors raising the issue, you know, what happens after matric? And I think, doctor, what you mentioned is the issue around this whole subject of life orientation. That mm-hmm. really almost kind of assisted, you know, our kids that when they enter the world after matric, you know, how do they really go about that? Because as you correctly point out, in school it's very structured. Um, everybody tells you what to do and when to do it. So let's say, can you sit in your upstand? But when you get after matric, you know, then life somehow just changes and the question is, how do you then deal with mm-hmm. that? Mm, absolutely. So it's about dealing with this almost newfound sense of independence, mm. of power that you never thought you had uh-huh. and suddenly you particularly when you're with a group of other students as is happening right now, you share that sense of almost a shared uh, authority, a shared power, and and you recognize that about yourself probably for the first time. Mm -hmm. So for me, post-matric is always about finding yourself. It's about finding who you really are. And one of the things that I think it's so important for many matriculants and others to understand, that it doesn't matter how cool you were or uncool you were when you were at school. Mm -hmm. None of that matters anymore. 
that you have a second chance to redefine yourselves, redefine your strength, determine who you want to associate with, determine what goals you want to pursue in life. That is the true power of independence, mm-hmm. the independence to be who you are and who you want to be, mm-hmm. uh, that I think very few of our matriculants are well prepared for, unfortunately. Yeah, no, shukran for that, Doctor. Now, Doctor, I don't want to go get us off the topic, but there's an SMS from one of our listeners from 2271, and it says... Uh, if a child is already attending a special needs school, what criteria is used to determine when the child is ready for the mainstream school? Does the child have to go on another waiting list? Well, Ridwan, I think the process to get into a special school can be quite daunting for a parent and the proposal by the special school that the child is ready to leave can be equally daunting. But I think what you must understand that the purpose of going to a special school is not to stay. Mm -hmm. The purpose of going there is to remove the barrier to learning that you experience. And the intention of going there is to receive the therapies and the education so that that barrier can be removed. So there is an obligation on the part of special schools to regularly review their learners and not make it a fixed enrollment from grade 1 to grade 12. And so the idea of integration and reintegration and mainstreaming is a natural part of any learner who is at the special school. But no school will recommend a learner to exit the special school if they don't believe that child is ready in all respects, not just in terms of academic performance, but in terms of emotional and social development and the ability to be reintegrated into the mainstream. Yes, and, and I think I just need to add, you know, you get different kinds of special schools. Vista Nova is your special school, but they follow normal curriculum. So they write the Anna's, they write your normal matric exam. Um, so they function like a normal mainstream school. So does Eros, so does Agape, so does Tafelberg. And, you know, the children will have the same grading system as they would in the mainstream school. Yet the way and the manner that in which they access the curriculum is obviously heavily supported and done in a different way. Now, if your child has been referred to a special school, there has to be a really good reason. And in a special school, many might think that, you know, it's a special school, not a lot happens with the learners, but they are assessed as normal learners are assessed at their level, and they have reports as normal learners would have at their level, and, and their um, emotional stability, I would think, to, mm. to, you know, manage those kind of formal tasks. So there is a constant assessment every term as you would have in the mainstream school. And there's also progression and promotion as you would have in a mainstream school. So I'm not sure, Doc, you know, why go to Vista Nova and then be transferred out back into the mainstream school unless the barrier was ad hoc for that moment and mm. that the learner is now, you know, subsequent to admission progressed further on. Okay, shukran for that. Yes, yeah, can I just remind our listeners that, you know, if you would like to maybe, you know, get us to the doctor, and as we said, that's Dr. Yusuf Lalkin, educational psychologist, uh, to maybe touch on a particular subject or topic, uh, you can speak to our producer, and that is Zarina Jacobs, and you can give her a call during office hours on the number 021 That is Zarina Jacobs, 021 
3500 and she will then uh, produce a, a topic around that and then we can uh, get doctor to give us a bit more information but an interesting uh, SMS that I would like to almost conclude on with doctor is uh, we're speaking about you know what happens after matric and we spoke about the fact that when you're at high school you know if you're being told in very structured and all of those things now that's for our registered youngest listener to the program called Education in Daba shares uh, the name with my co-presenter, that is Yasira. Now, this is Yasira Fisher. Now, this is what she says. She's a great seven learner. She says, Assalamu alaikum. In 2020, I will be in matric, inshallah. Amen. This is so scary. Hard work and the support of my parents, the educators, and the rest of the school community will carry me through my high school years. Now, Doctor, I mean, grade seven, mm. and I mean, she's really saying, look, I'm going to be in matric in 2020, mm. inshallah, I'm going to work mm. hard. Just a quick comment on your side, Doc, before I give you a an opportunity. Well, you know, in some ways, I think we're speaking to matriculants, but I'm hoping they're too busy to listen to us right now. <laughs> right, Doc. But we're also speaking to all other high school learners right now and all potential high school yeah. learners and saying to them, look, Start looking ahead, start anticipating the future. You know, there was a time that 2020 sounded like many, many light years ahead. And Yasira is absolutely correct when she says 2020 is five years from now. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's around the corner. Yeah. And so, you know, begin to anticipate and prepare for that moment when you do, in fact, leave school. But there's always just so much preparation you can make. There are certain things you don't anticipate. And mm -hmm. one of the things I realized with so many matriculants that I've seen in the last couple of years, how lonely life is after matric. It's a strange phenomenon mm. because you and I used to grow up in a community school where all our friends, when we matriculated, lived all in the same the, area. Yeah. And uh -huh. so relationships and friendships continued. But with our schools nowadays, it's different, different it's areas. Different. Yeah. They come from all over mm. the peninsula, from Kenwin to Kailicha to Kales River. And you meet every day at school and you form a, a very close bond. Yeah. And suddenly when you matriculate, it's almost impossible to reconnect with mm. people again. And so there's almost, a, again, what I'd like to encourage students in while at high school to anticipate that and be flexible about friendships. And invest in the friendship while you have while you it, have it yeah. but you realize, of course, that you will have to reinvest in new friendships when you leave school. Okay. Uh, doctor, can I just say there's another SMS here from 6945, and it says, Assalamu alaikum to the good doctor. You were not my guidance teacher for nothing. Shukran so very much. In addition, our pupils should also learn uh, that Allah to trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Al-Quran, our psychologist. It is so very comforting. Uh, so, Doctor, I don't know, you, you know who your guidance, you, you taught guidance to so many, many years ago. But a very big shukran to our listeners for their participation. Last question to the doc, because we have to wrap up the segment. Uh, 0854. Hi, assalamu My child is 15 years old, a boy smoking dacha, and he does not want to go to school. I've been to the social workers, they cannot help, and I'm a single parent. Any quick advice, doc? Very quick advice. I think no child 
doesn't automatically not want to go to school. Sure. No child will simply, um, you know, take dacha um, or any other um, substance. So obviously in this particular instance, we have an unhappy young man at mm. 15 years old. And our responsibility as parents and as educators is to find out what it is exactly that makes this young man unhappy and to help him because that's clearly what he's doing. Any child who takes dacha or any drugs, it's really a call for help. And I know it's a kind of a cliche, but no, it's absolutely it's true, true yeah. with every single <coughs> child like that 15-year-old that mm. I've ever met in my yes. practice and elsewhere. So if the mom has this problem, I would advise her to seek the appropriate support from the services that are available that she can tap into and to help this boy. Uh, I think that's really the call from both the mom and from this young man. Okay, now shukran for that doctor. And again, once again, if you would like to make contact with Dr. Yusuf Lalkan, educational psychologist, you can contact doctor on 021-637-6831. Dr. Verbeek, shukran for you always availing yourself and uh, we look forward to our next discussion. And on that note, I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.